Welcome to Game Changers Live from Miami, Florida. My name is Sergio Tijera. I'm your host. And each and every week, we bring you someone who has been a game changer in their field and who's touched the lives of thousands to get their perspective on their journey, their mindset, their struggles and successes so that we can inspire you on your journey. So let's get started right now. Welcome back to Game Changers Live, everyone. Thank you so much for liking and subscribing. We're our top 2% podcast ranked globally by Listen Notes. And you could be a game changer in somebody else's life today. So my guest is Ross Borden today. He's the CEO and founder of Matador Network. It's a leading travel publisher that launched GuideGeek, the personal AI travel assistant. Matador Network is the world's number one media brand for modern travelers. Uh, with more than 14 million followers across social media, Matador has become a leading travel brand through its production of article features, city guides, creator-first content, and original videos. They're a top-ranking travel brand on TikTok, and its videos are viewed more than 100 million, 180 million times per month. And Ross has lived in a number of places around the world, in Spain, Kenya, and Argentina, and he currently re resides in his native San Francisco. So how are you, brother? Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Doing great. Hey, I've been a huge travel fan my entire life had an opportunity to live overseas for about 10 years i went backpacking for two months out of college and it was the best experience of my life cannot you know i, I cannot imagine uh, not having done that and i remember going back and we had that big fat book that travel guide i forgot what it was called from formers fromers or something like that yeah the fromers guide that you have to you know start looking for hostels and all this stuff and so AI has transformed this completely. But before we get into that, tell tell me a little bit about you and your background and how you you know kind of fell in love with uh, with traveling and then media publishing. And uh, we'll talk about Matador. So give me a little bit of your background. Sure. Yeah. Not not a dissimilar to your history with backpacking. That's kind of where the idea for Matador began. Um, I was exposed to travel at a young age, and when I was by the time I was a teenager. I was very committed to adventure travel, um, really like dirt bag adventure travel, doing anything I could to keep traveling. So, right. you know, I was like in high school, made it to Spain, ran with the bulls, slept in the park. Nice. I ran with the bulls too. Kind of like, like no, no plan. Went, um, went studied abroad in Spain, uh, just pepper. I found out I like a friend of a friend of a friend, new people in Kenya. I, I sort of peppered these people with emails until they're like, all right, if you stop the emails, you can come work for us in Kenya for the summer, spend five months hitchhiking around East Africa, went down to climb mountains in, in uh, Latin America. And that was where, and like, it's hard, hard to even remember uh, how old school things were, not only the Fromer's guide and, you know, to find out where to stay, but in terms of like, telling stories of our travels we were climbing these the biggest mountains in south america and having just crazy adventures and we would go to the internet cafe and like <laughs> uh, you know reporting live from arequipa peru we just got off this volcano and um and that was like mass emails this is like pre-blogs you know facebook wasn't even around or maybe it was just for kids with a dot edu email address yeah um, but there was really no way in, a, in the digital world to communicate these stories. And we were literally, you know, camped halfway up this volcano, 
and this storm had just beaten the crap out of us and we we're you know drying off and and being like this is just, just such a crazy adventure we're living where is the global community where we can share this story these photos and relay yeah. this and, you know back then it was it was the internet cafe sending a mass email to all of our friends and family but um that's where the idea for matador really began well and it's interesting because so how old are you then i'm 43 about to okay, about so to be 43 yeah so but when you were traveling uh back then in in uh in south america early 20s yeah yeah i was uh right. yeah 20 i i let's see i was it was straight out of school so this is like 2003 2004 yeah, yeah. i was uh on that volcano yeah you know it's funny because i went backpacking in 2001 that summer uh with my brother and we had 30 cities in 11 countries and started off in london and made it all the way down to turkey and back and and ran with the bulls in pamplona and we ice climb in the alps and things like that and you're right we'd have to go to the internet cafe send the emails and you know try to describe what we experienced and what was cool though was throughout the backpacking trip you would run into people on trains that then you run into them in other cities and you're you know sharing stories like that but there wasn't that ability to to send uh you know mass you know communications and get people to really live kind of what you live right kind of experience it through your eyes and you know it's funny because back then it was it was those uh, disposable cameras you would take the pictures you wouldn't know what they looked like until afterwards <laughs> yeah exactly I, I think there's something still super nostalgic about disposable cameras i just saw a TikTok channel where this guy just goes up to strangers and like are you guys going out to party tonight he's like hands them a disposable camera and then they get it back to him and he publishes the photos on TikTok. it's pretty cool cool it's uh, pretty neat pretty neat um yeah i mean there was it was really it was so analog and old old so old school but that sounds like an awesome trip that you took 30 countries and yeah one trip. Well, 30 cities uh, 11 countries and ice climbing it's awesome. and one of the, i experienced one of the the a, a sense of freedom that I've never experienced before. And the fact that you didn't have any plans and you just kind of show up to a train station, look at the board, see where the trains are going and then pick a spot and head out. And that rarely happens anymore these days. Yeah. I mean, I encourage people, I think it's a misconception that you need a lot of money to travel. Um, if you pick the right place, uh, traveling is actually a lot cheaper than staying home, assuming that you live somewhere in a Western country. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think like it's just required education for most people should be some kind of like really cheap budget backpacking trip because you experience that freedom and you also just learn about the world uh, in a way that you just can't if, if you're, you know, staying in your home country. So yeah, it's a bit more difficult. I think as you get older, right, you get used to some of the creature comforts and the kind of quality <laughs> travel and then if you think about going to stay at a hostel in your forties, well, you, you won't even be allowed to anyway, right? Because there's an age limit now. <laughs> Us old guys oh, yeah. can't stay in those anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to stay at hostels anymore, but <laughs> I, I, at some point, I, I'm excited to do some kind of like backpacking trip when my when my son's old enough. I have an eight year old son and an eight month old daughter, and at some point, I'm gonna want to get into some hardcore adventure travel with my son. So, yeah. I maybe maybe at some point we'll be uh, you know doing the budget backpacker thing and climbing mountains. Yeah, absolutely. So you started Matador with, you said $11,000 we were talking before. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't have any uh, connections to Silicon Valley. I didn't have any experience. I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, I, I came back from traveling and I got this like soul sucking job, hardcore corporate job, sitting in a cubicle, you know, making 100 cold calls a day, selling database software. And I was just like, what the hell just happened to my life? And um, I was actually inspired originally by YouTube because even YouTube, this is like pre, this is before Google, right before Google bought YouTube when YouTube was first blowing up mm -hmm. and they were crowdsourcing videos, right? And people, my, someone who now works at Matador came over to my cubicle at that corporate job and was like, yo, have you heard this new site, YouTube? Like people's videos are getting like 25,000 views. And that was like going viral back then, you know, it was like yeah. 25,000 views is nothing now, but that was weird. That was a crazy new thing that, that they were doing that like anyone could upload a video and it could reach a wider audience. So I was like, man, I should do this for travel content. And that was the idea. And that was kind of going back to that volcano in Peru. I was like, this could be the global community of storytelling for travel. And so, um, yeah, I, I moved you know, luckily my mom was down to have me, I moved, I had moved out of my apartment. I left this corporate job. I moved back home and I was paying myself a thousand dollars a month. And I was basically like moved into the, you know, under the poverty line to start this company yep. and started matter with 11 K. And then we just bootstrapped the bejesus. I mean, we bootstrapped this thing as hard as we could and reach profitability. And I think um, if I look back, it was actually really good that we were such a cash starved business because if you look at the companies and media that raised so much money vice out of business bankrupt um, buzzfeed complete disaster um, there's really not a lot of good stories in terms of there's a company called mike.com that raised 60 million dollars went to zero so wow. you know we were forced to create a business model that actually made sense for travel um, and, and for media, for digital media. And so we did that and then we reached profitability and we've grown the team. And now we've got Guide Geek, which is super exciting and kind of like revolutionizing um, our business as a technology company, which we've never been before. So yeah, it's been, it's been a long road, but it's, uh, it, we're, we're ending in a good place and things are continuing to be really exciting. So you have about 85 employees, you said you've been in business 17 years and you're right. When you start the business, if you can create a sustainable and predictable business model of cash flows that you know are coming in and it could run on itself, then that makes it even all the, you know, all the more attractive for investors if you need it, but perhaps you won't even need it because it could run on its own. And that's, that's incredibly important for a business. So yeah, I mean, I think like, you know, I'm sure in your audience, you have a lot of entrepreneurs and people who want to be entrepreneurs. I would yeah. say like we've, this last couple years has been really interesting where there's just like been this, you know, when in the ZERP era, when like cash was free and there was zero interest, you know, 0% interest rates, yep. um, you could just raise, you're like, oh, we're doing 10 million a year and yeah, we're burning through 50 million a year. That somehow made sense a couple of yeah. years ago. And people just keep raising, raising, raising. I think you're seeing now all of that, that, that illusion is over. Um, you know, the, I'm sure you guys know the, um, your audience knows about unicorns, the, the billion dollar valuation, private companies, this, you know, the, the landscape is now covered with dead unicorns. These companies that never really made sense. They were never making money. They're ripping through cash. Yeah. And, um, and so I think it's, and especially with, 
the advent of AI being in the mainstream, you can be a really small team and it's an incredible tool for bootstrapping. So I think it, we're back to reality now where a business needs to make sense. It needs to have a sound business model. It needs to actually make money instead of burn money. Mm -hmm. And you can have a really small team and probably more than ever now, the world is really well set up for entrepreneurs to start with almost nothing. I would, I would recommend more Absolutely. than 11K, but, um, yeah. but I think you can be a really small team. You don't need to raise as much and you can build something compelling uh, that has a sound business model. And then you can be kind of in control of your own destiny where you don't need to sell, you don't need to raise, um, and you can build organically like we have. And so AI has provided an opportunity for a lot of these small businesses to develop a very niche product, right? We're seeing that in not only in travel, but we're seeing it with, you know, with doctors, right? It's, it's an AI just only for medicine an AI for lawyers an AI for, for these, you know, specific industries, right? How difficult or how easy was it to build a niche based AI system? I mean, uh, I think just a side note, I think like there, there are niche AIs that like guide geek is a niche AI for travel. I think we're going to be one of, if not the winner in the travel space, which we're really excited about. But I think even for entrepreneurs to just do more with less to code with a co-pilot to right. create marketing and blog content using AI, you can just have a smaller team for us. I mean, I was kind of naive going into this, to be honest, I started, we got sort of early access to, open AI's uh, language model when you know, this is before the launch of chat GPT. And I think like wow. most people were like, wow, this is incredibly powerful. We immediately started thinking, what could this mean for travel? Um, but I was also kind of like, we're going to plug this thing in and it's going to work. And it didn't, you know, I, we were at 15% errors, meaning that out of a hundred conversations with the AI, 15 people were having trouble the ai was getting stuck or it wasn't understanding them or it was giving right. information that was not correct or a place had gone out of business that it had recommended and so there we've been basically in this like 11 months of fixing every single week fixing bugs improving the ai we're now under three percent errors so 97 percent of people 97 out of 100 people yeah. are having flawless conversations with the ai we're hoping to get under 1%. I don't know if it'll get much better than that, um, but it has been a long road. And the key for us, the reason that we were able to improve so much so quickly um, is that we we just launched this and we actually, we it's not an app. So we launch it through WhatsApp and Instagram and Facebook Messenger, and then it sits on our website on matadornetwork.com. But putting it through these messaging apps that already have billions of users was yeah. strategically a that good was, idea. Yeah, and that's then a game changer. I've like, never seen it like that. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it, and, and that's, you know, that's the way we wanted it to be delivered. Because if you think about like how you normally get like the best travel advice, it's not from a book. It's not about visiting a bunch of websites. It's like if you have a friend that lives somewhere, mm -hmm. you're like, yo, you've been living in Mexico City for 15 years. Tell me everything. Where should I go eat? Where should I make dinner reservations? Where should we stay? What's the best neighborhood? And yeah. we wanted that experience of just texting a friend to be the experience of GuideGeek, except GuideGeek is that friend that's an expert at literally the entire world. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of how where we started. And then 
because we had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of users in the first year, we were able to improve on the product because we had all these like real conversation data to dive into and improve the product. And that's impressive that it's less than 3% because like you said, businesses go out of, you know, they, they go under all the time, especially in the travel space, restaurants and clubs and, you know, different spaces that they're, they're recommending. So it's really hard to maintain a, an accuracy when you're talking about global travel. I mean, there's so many things that could go out of business, but uh, as, as the model learns, it gets smarter and smarter and gets more accurate. And so that, that's pretty impressive. So GuideGeek, when I first went on there, I said, oh, okay, WhatsApp or Instagram? Like, how, how does this work? So and then you just kind of figure it out. You go to one of them. I said, just ask a question on WhatsApp. And yep, sure enough. And one of the first things I asked was, okay, I'm in Miami. Give me something, that, you know, a staycation, right? Sometimes we're here with the kids over a long weekend. We wanted to, you know, plan some things out. What should we do? And I popped it in there. And sure enough, bam, it just, you know, gave me this massive agenda <laughs> as busy as you want to be in some of the key areas. So it's, it's incredibly impressive. Yeah. And that's, I think that's when most people, because this is a new thing, they start to ask questions by a place they know they go, all right, yeah, you know, you know yeah. everything. Surely you'll know, you know, where to go for happy hour or what the best dive bar is or coolest parks for families. And they ask about the place that's near them that they know all about already. And then I think when that gives answers that they're very familiar with, they're like, damn, that's pretty good. Okay. Now let's talk about a weekend trip. And then pretty soon they're like, all right, I'm planning an anniversary with my wife to Italy. And then they start, it's, we kind of like right. change the, the behavior. Um, we've seen that also with flights, itineraries, um, hotels. One of the kind of big shortcomings of AI in the beginning was that it didn't have access to real-time information. Um, for flights, hotels, you know, Airbnbs, uh, currency conversion, weather. So we've plugged all of that in. Um, and now people, instead of like searching, going to like kayak or Skyscanner uh, directly or, or a different website, they're just asking GuideGeek, hey, what are the best flights from, you know, Miami to Curacao on these dates? Bam, you know, it just we give best fastest, cheapest options. Oh, and wow. then they can click through and book those if they want. Um, but just piping in all that real-time information has been huge. Oh, man, that's incredible. Yeah, because it's a language model. It wasn't necessarily looking at real-time data. And now now it is, especially that all that variable data. It gets pretty complicated. So one of my, so my nephew is a type 1 diabetic. So his dietary restrictions are, are pretty strict right? Yeah. How does that play into planning? Yeah, we've got tons of people uh, who travel with dietary restrictions or disabilities, um, or people who are pet moms and dads, they want to travel with their dog, they can't go to any restaurant, they can't stay at any hotel. So Guide Geek is actually the most powerful when you're really specific. So you can say, Hey, you know, build me an build me a, a foodie focused itinerary to Mexico City with breakfast, lunch, and dinner out. But I'm vegan, um, or I have or this dietary restriction, or I or I or I love seafood more than anything else in the world. Base like all of the dinners around five star seafood restaurants. Like it will have um, incredible answers to really specific queries like that. In in fact, one of our first users 
on the first day when we opened it up, we shared this thing with a couple of our influencers on social and immediately started getting thousands of users a day. Um, one of our first users that really kind of blew me away uh, was someone who said, hey, I'm going to DC for three days, build me a custom itinerary. I'm traveling with my daughter who's autistic. Um, it instantly within three seconds had a full itinerary. It knew all of the sensory sensitive hours of every single museum in DC. It, it had thought about um, and worked out all these sort of like other outdoor experiences and other experiences all over DC that it thought an autistic child might enjoy. Because again, it's read every single review on the internet. It's watched every video. It's, it's got all, and in those reviews, the needle in the haystack, someone has mentioned traveling with their autistic child and it just plucks, you know, that, that context out of the entire internet and packages it in within, you know, two seconds into a custom itinerary for someone else who's having that experience or trying to plan for that trip. So um, it just shows you that, you know, how, how powerful this is and, and how much travel the travel world has needed a technology like this. And so you mentioned working with some influencers. Who are the travel influencers in the space that are really making the splash? Yeah, I mean, we part of our network in Matador Network is we have um, two groups. We have a thousand person ambassador team. So these are like the super elite travel influencers of the world. These are folks with hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. And then um, the real network is the our creator network, which is about 70,000 people. So wow. if we want a city guide on Paris, we don't have an American write that city guide or research it. We actually work with um, creators who live in Paris. And so um, it's been a great tool for us to spread the word about Guide Geek. One guy uh, is sort of like a standout for us. We're working with, we actually have a ton of new influencer content launching in the next couple of weeks that I'm really excited about. Um, but a couple, you know, we've got like a young uh, TikToker named Adam Boro who uh, just uses, he makes videos just like super spontaneous. He goes to the airport and books his flight on Guide Geek on the way to the airport, lets Guide Geek choose where he's going, um, and then goes and has a spontaneous three-day adventure. And then we actually have an entire show, and we're launching a podcast called No Fixed Address. And No Fixed Address follows um, a creator named Michael Motometti, who I discovered he kind of like sold everything, his house, his cars. He, he went to travel permanently with his wife and he has a really young daughter and they started wow. in Mexico city. And their, their idea was to spend um, one month in every destination. And when we partnered with him, we're like, you should actually let guy geek decide everything from where you're going to eat breakfast to the entire new next country you're going to go live in. Oh my and so God. He is now, his name's Michael Motometti. And, um, and he's basically on this world tour powered by Guide Geek now. And in every single, you know, uh, video, he's like, so I need to get a haircut. So, of course, I asked Guide Geek. Or he's like, we're in the mood for tapas. So he's been to, like, Mexico City, Barcelona, Paris, uh, Montenegro. Uh, I think they're in – oh, then they went to Maldives, and now they're in Bali. And Jeez. every place they go, they're kind of like – when they're like – nearing the end of the month they go all right guide geek you know we're we're in the mood for a beach vacation where should we go and like they literally just go with whatever it says and that's where they move for the next month so 
it's definitely wow. a fun way to see just how powerful and versatile um, Guy Geek is as a platform because he's using it for to make literally every decision. That's incredible! What a what a, what a way to live, especially so that, with a, yeah, that's a young called kids. No fixed address, and we're actually even doing like uh, we're using our production studio. We're shooting like twenty two minute episodes. We've got one in Slovenia coming out, um, and we're going to continue shooting with them. And they're also just starting up a podcast in terms of like the people that they've met because of Guide Geek, um, which is which is kind of amazing. Like it is in a lot of ways, it's you know it's AI. It's the opposite of yeah. human, right? Yeah. But the AI is leading them to bars and restaurants and places that they never would have found without it. And then they're like forging human connections and have, making human friends. Um, that they probably never would have found without Guide Geek. So it's, you know, I think a lot of people in travel is like, oh, but it's, you know, it's AI, it's not human. You know, I would encourage people to explore using it because chances are you're actually going to end up with a bunch of new friends that you never otherwise would have met. Is there a way for a traveler to go on Guide Geek and to say, hey, who in the Matador network is in Bali that I can connect with? That's a really good question. We don't have that feature yet, but I think uh, one of the things that we're really excited about is connecting. We're, we're a massive owner of content. So um, especially like video content, we have 10 million followers on, on TikTok, for instance. We have at Matador Network and also another brand called Visit. So at Visit on Instagram or at Visit on TikTok. And we've amassed like all this amazing vertical video. So pretty soon you're going to say, Hey, Guide Geek, what are the coolest waterfalls that I can swim under in Bali? And right now, Guide Geek will tell you that list, but pretty soon it's going to say, here's the list. Would you like to watch a video montage of these waterfalls? And you're saying, hell yeah. And that will actually connect you to also the creator who shot some of those videos. So I don't think it'll be long before we're also connecting real-time data to like other people, guides, locals, or other travelers who are in that destination. So I like that idea. Yeah, that's incredible, man. That's that's so fun. It really feels like you're you're not lost when you're traveling. You always have somebody that can help you out there with with the AI. That really feels like a friend. Yeah. And so you know what's what's next now? Where where do you see where do you see this going? I mean. I, I've, I've spoken to a lot of, uh, you know, folks in the AI space and it's accelerating at such a rapid clip and just accelerating exponentially. I was talking to, um, a gentleman who started the AI trust council out in Las Vegas with the idea of creating a, a trust council of a, a number of, you know, people in a number of different industries to say, okay, how do we you know, do, do we control it somehow? Is there a way to control it? Or is this like the internet where it's just, you know, it, it's just going to be open and, and who knows where it's going? I, I think we need to be really careful with this, to be honest with you. Um, I have now been working with this technology day in and day out with our, with our engineering team for, as I said, like over 11 months, almost, almost a year, which doesn't sound like very long, but given how fast it's moving and how intensely, you know, we've been working on this uh, new ride with AI and GuideGeek, uh, we've learned a great deal. And one of the first things I learned was that um, the more sort of complex and sophisticated the model is, the language model, the harder it is to control. So you can put, um, you know, guardrails and say, do this, don't do that. And conventional wisdom, when you first approach it, you'd think like, 
all right, if it's more sophisticated, it's going to listen to our guardrails, it's going to obey our, our orders or our prompt. But in fact, in practice, um, it's going to actually have more of a mind of its own and go against those guardrails or through those guardrails with the newer, more sophisticated models. So think about that, right? Like uh, wow. built out a couple of years as these things are going towards AGI, um, which is really. where surpasses total human intelligence and it becomes very quickly much smarter than humans. I think we need to be very, very careful in terms of, um, you know, how we sort of like let this genie out of the bottle. There's a chance that, you know, it gets increasingly difficult to put back in the bottle. So I like to think of travel and guy geek is a harmless enclave of AI. We're just getting mm -hmm. people the right information that they're looking for much faster and easier. It's a free tool. It's um, it's not super. There's not a lot of risks associated with it. Like there are with, you know, uh, AGI, like starting wars or spreading misinformation or right. starting businesses that put humans out of business or something like that. But um, in general, I think we need to be very careful with the technology um, for sure, because it it's just it is moving uncomfortably fast. I wish the the overall space would maybe just slow down just a little bit um, because it's the the advancement of the technology is just like it's it's hard to even fathom right now. Yeah, yeah, no, and then companies are, are still have their you know their the the pedal to the floor because they won't they don't want to get passed up by a, a competitor or they want to find out more information about them and give themselves a competitive edge. But hopefully it's not like a, a runaway train that's going off a cliff at some point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it. think it could be really positive for for humanity and certainly yeah. for business. I mean, we think when when ChatGPT first came out, I think everyone, like at least what I thought was like, oh, wow, this is like the new Google. Everyone's going to come here for everything. And the more that we've worked with it, the more we think that increasingly over the next like two to three years, every single business, every tourism board, every hotel brand, every airline, just talking about our world of travel, mm -hmm. will ultimately want to have their own AI. Right. That's based not only on their brand and their name, but also their likeness, their sensitivities, their strengths and weaknesses, their content, their website. And so that is our business model for GuideGeek. We're keeping GuideGeek free for 100% of travel consumers forever. But we're actually using our best in, in class technology to help the tourism boards, hotels, airlines all launch their own branded AIs because it's really like a brand new way that they can reach and influence travelers. Right. Um, so I think in the we're actually launching a bunch of them in February and um, we'll be having, you know, these these will be, um, uh, you know, launching these like custom AIs all powered by by our platform in the next couple months. As we wrap up this fantastic episode featuring Ross Borden, the founder and CEO of GuideGeek, I wanna leave you with three lessons that I heard from this episode. The first one is around embracing the transformative power of travel. Allow yourself to explore the world and immerse yourself in different cultures because traveling is not about visiting new places and taking a selfie, it's about personal growth and new perspectives gained through these experiences. So be open to adventures, let them shape your understanding of the world and yourself. The second lesson is around leveraging technology to enhance your experiences. So in the context of travel, this can mean using AI digital tools such as GuideGeek and others to plan and optimize your trips. 
embrace these innovations as, as they can significantly enhance the quality and convenience of your experience, whether it's in travel or in any other field. The third lesson is around practical entrepreneurship. Start small, think big. When starting a new venture, focus on building a sustainable business model rather than chasing immediate large scale success. Bootstrapping and started with limited resources can actually be advantageous. It teaches you to be resourceful, make smart decisions and grow your business organically. Patience and perseverance coupled with a realistic approach to growth can lead to long-term success and stability. Thank you for tuning in to Game Changers Live where inspiration meets innovation. As we close today's chapter, remember your journey has the power to rewrite the rules and transform the game. Stay curious, stay courageous, and who knows, the next game-changing story we share might just be yours. Dream, dare, and do. Until we meet again on Game Changers. If you loved what you heard in today's episode of Game Changers, please subscribe and rate us. The lessons and the stories in these podcasts are immensely valuable, so I invite you to share them with a friend who needs to hear it. You may end up being the game changer in their lives.